Welcome to Staying in the Black, a show about teachers and money. I'm Miss Black, a New York City educator, single mom, and personal finance translator. Join me as I build my runway to retirement. Each week, we'll share actionable steps, resources, and inspiration that educators can use to maximize their benefits and improve their personal finances. Staying in the Black means having more assets than liabilities and being able to pay off your debt without any problems. Stop living paycheck to paycheck and build a joyful life. Thank you for joining me. Hello and welcome to another episode of Staying in the Black. I'm Ms. Black, your host, and today's episode is going to be about the three phases of, I guess, financial planning or retirement planning. So we have the three phases. One phase is accumulation. The second phase is transition. And the third phase is distribution. Today, we're going to talk about the phases. And I guess I stumbled over the title in the beginning because these three phases, really, whether you're working on retirement or you've had like a, a long-term goal of, you know, where you contribute or invest in the market, but then you want to take it out. You have to pay attention to the phases and it's helpful in how you plan. And as you know, I'm a planner. Um, and so I find myself in the transition phase. And it's really interesting because I never really thought of it this way. Like I had heard of it, but like I am doing things financially and trying to figure out, hey, like what exactly is going on? And I kind of attributed it to my need for financial security. Um, But in doing some research, as I always do for these podcasts, I realized like, oh, I'm actually following the phases of financial planning. But it's interesting how I saw it intellectually but not necessarily in practice. But some of the questions that I've been asking myself and some of the things that I've been thinking about and experiencing has really said, oh, this is where you are. So sometimes you, sometimes knowing better doesn't necessarily mean you do better. So all of that into, taking all of that into account, let's talk about the accumulation phase. Oftentimes, people think about this when setting a long-term goal, especially about when building your runway to retirement. You are new to the career or early in your career, and you've heard about retirement. It seems really far away, but you really want to put some things away, and you're trying to figure it out. So you're in the wealth accumulation phase or the accumulation phase for whatever your financial goal is. Now, the beauty of being in this accumulation phase, if you start young or start early, is you can actually contribute less and come out with a huge amount in the distribution phase. Meaning, 
if you're in your early 20s and you're starting to save for retirement, you can definitely save less amount of money and still come out with a better and larger amount of money than someone who starts later than you. And why is that? My favorite thing, our best friend in the world, if we're on the receiving end, and that is compound interest. So you can, you know, in your 20s, put in two to $300 a month because that money's going to sit in there and compound interest is going to be generous to you. And that money will be invested for a good 20 to 30 years if you are saving that money towards retirement. But let's say it's even like a shorter horizon and it could be like you want to buy a house. You may not want to buy the house in your 20s. Um, so you start putting away two, $300 a month. Um, but you, let's say you don't want to, you know, you don't see yourself buying that house until 10 years down the line. Well, you investing that, you know, two to $300 a month for 10 months, that's a sizable down payment. Shoot. You might be able to buy your house in, um, cash if you, aren't necessarily living in one of those um, expensive cities like New York, but anything's possible. So all of that to say is that's the beauty of it. You get to generally contribute a smaller amount of time, amount of money, but you have a longer period of time. You're sometimes in the accumulation phase because you started out later. So it could be you didn't start putting away for your retirement until you hit, you know, your 30s, your mid 30s, it's never too late to start. And so the accumulation phase really has nothing to do with your age. It is just the amount of time or the length of time that you have between the accumulation phase and the distribution phase really impacts how much money you have to put away. So this is why Financial advisors, planners always suggest that you start early because you just have a longer length of time and your funds will have the opportunity to grow exponentially over time. And so this is the phase of you're you know, also familiar with the FIRE movement where people are like trying to cut all their spending you know, they're spending, get their spending down as low as possible so that they can contribute as much as possible because they know that they're going to need that money for a significant period of time. So that is the accumulation phase. It's just when you are socking money away, you are trying to save it, but you're not just saving it in a regular account or even a high yield savings account. You're saving this money, you're investing it because you have a long horizon. Accumulation phase, these three phases don't necessarily work for a short period of time. This is when you're talking about long-term financial planning and why I give the example of your retirement. So that's the, the accumulation phase and you can be more aggressive when you have more time. Uh, if it's for retirement, some people who have you use a formula like subtract your age from 100 or 110 or 120, depending on how um, conservative you want to be. And that's 
how much time, how much money would be invested in the stock market versus something more stable, such as the bond market. So that's the accumulation phase. Let's move on to phase two, which is the transition phase. So if you Google these three terms, sometimes you will see the trend, what I prefer to call the transition phase listed as the preservation stage. And that's the stage that I'm in right now. So it's really interesting as I'm now experiencing it, what it means to be in the preservation phase. So I would say probably up until 20, no, I just did this last year. So up until 2022, early in 2022, I had half of my money invested in the fixed option in in the TDA program. And then I had the other half spread amongst all the other plans. I just wanted to see how it would go. It wasn't, I didn't really have a strategy, which wasn't smart, but I'll tell you two things about doing that. One, the fixed option always earned more than the other options where I've I've met people who've had like, oh, I've put it in variable A or B. You definitely have to go to the TDA program if you're a New York City teacher and see what the options are. And if you're not a New York City teacher, then go to wherever, um, whatever funds your retirement plan selects for you because oftentimes you can't just choose what you want. They just bucket them in different forms. But my fixed always outgrew my investments in the other plans. But once I had my pension consultation, I realized that I needed to think about like, how do I preserve some of my investments to ensure that I hit um, the million dollar mark? That mark was chosen, you know, years ago and they, you know, I could have been more aggressive about it, but a million dollars seemed to make sense to me in the TDA program, TDA program, because I knew that I would have my pension. And I often refer to my retirement plan as, well, a birthday cake, but it's not really a birthday cake. It's a celebration cake. And part of that plan is having my pension is the cake. It is the meaty part of the dessert. And so the pension is the cake. The TDA is the icing on the cake, right? So you you have some cake, you want some icing on it. So the pension is the TDA. I mean, the pension is the cake. The TDA is the icing on the cake. And then I also contribute to deferred comp and I wasn't able, I couldn't afford to max my contributions to deferred comp early in my career. So I probably started maxing my contribution. Well, actually I started maxing my contribution after I met a principal who told me she maxed her contribution. I walked back to my office and maxed mine as well. But that was sometime in 2000 and maybe somewhere in between 2010 and 2015. All of that to say, I then started maxing my TDA. There's less, I mean, my deferred comp, there's less money in that bucket. And so we have the pension as the cake, the the TDA as the frosting, 
the deferred comp, you know, are the candles because you want to blow out some candles. You're celebrating something. And so deferred comp is the candles or are the candles on the cake? And then social security happens to be the sprinkles. And you may say like, why would social security be the sprinkles? Because there's always been sense. I can remember paying attention to finance, this thought of whether social security will be available or not. I think that it will be, but it's the sprinkles. It's not something that I'm totally or wholly dependent on um, as part of my retirement, but I will collect and it's part of my retirement plan. So that's the analogy I always give about my retirement cake. Um, I think it's going to be delicious and I definitely know that it's going to be filling. So when you get to the point of the transition, it's like, okay, let me look at where my money is invested. Am I as comfortable with being invested in something more volatile or I'm getting closer to retirement. I don't want to end up in the situation that some people found themselves in during the pandemic because you don't know when a pandemic will come. And because they were still aggressively, their their investments were aggressive when the pandemic came and the thought of, you know, that happened in March. And then when they looked at their account and wanted to retire in June, they were like, oh my God, the market hadn't caught up that quickly. And so then they're waiting with bated breath as to whether or not they could retire. And fortunate for us in New York City, teachers, we have the option to put our money in a fixed return. And the beauty of that, and I had said I wanted to retire with at least a million dollars into that account is utilizing the rule of 72, that's when you take the interest rate and you divide it by 72, it will tell you how long it will take the money that you have invested or the money that you're saving, if it's in a fixed um, interest rate savings account, is how long it'll take you that money to double. So if you are a UFT member in New York City, you get a fixed return of 7%. If you're a non-UFT member and you contribute to the TDA, you get a fixed return of 8.25%. So you take those, you divide them by 72. I believe it's it's like 10 years and eight years, respectively, 10 years for um, a little over 10 years for the 7% and a little little under nine years for the 8% then you know the number, the money that you have in your TDA, if whatever that is, and you choose to put it all in the fix, that that's the amount that you're going to retire. That felt comfortable to me. That felt secure to me. And so that's how I know that when I retire, I will have, I will hit that million dollar mark. The other beauty of that is I'm, I haven't stopped contributing. So I know that it'll be over that amount because I still contribute the max amount. And once I hit 50, then I'll be able to contribute catch-up amounts as well in both accounts. All of that to say, the transition phase is where you're really thinking, how do I preserve the money that I have in there? And some people would say I was being very conservative by starting, um, by, you know, transferring a lot of my money into the fixed account. But 
that's what makes me comfortable and personal finance is personal. Some people would wait five years before they retired um, to start transitioning over into fix. If that's your choice, you also have to understand where you are in your process, but that's what's happening in the transition phase. You're really trying to preserve your wealth and you're looking at your investments differently than you did when you were in the accumulation phase. You definitely want to go to a um, certified financial planner. And I and that's the one time because in the office, like in the world of finance, there's all these different titles. The reason that I suggest when you're looking at, you, you know, if you're doing this in the context of your retirement, certified financial planners are certified. They take an exam. They do all these classes to get this certification, but they're able to do make, they have models and they make projections and they're looking at your whole picture, not just your investment portfolio. If you work in New York City, you have, you have um, access to a certified financial planner through the deferred comp office. Um, I think you have to have a deferred comp account, but you can go and, and have a plan there. And I did that also during the pandemic, which made me feel comfortable in the moves that I was making. And they're there to you know offer you information so that you can make really wise decisions with your money. The earlier you start with this process, the better that it is. Then you move on to the distribution phase. And so this is when you have, you're at the end of accumulation, you've accumulated, you've transitioned, and now it's time for you to start taking distributions from the money that you earn. And in this phase, you're saying you're taking your investments and utilizing them for income so that you kind of receive a monthly check so that you are secure for the rest of your life, you know, throughout your retirement. And so in doing this and helping inform your distribution play phase throughout all three of these phases, you're tracking your spending, right? So you would know, hey, this is how much money I spend a month. And so then you know how much money you need to take from your retirement accounts every month. And that's why those numbers are so large as for the, num- the amount of money that you want to have in your retirement accounts. It's because you have to say, it costs me $6,000 to live a month, or it costs me $7,000 to live a month. Then I multiply that number by 12. And that's how much money I need to have per year to spend. Then you have another form like the Monte Carlo. And there was a study done if you only took 4% out of your account, this is how much, you know, how long your money can last. That's what the people who fire, who are part of the fire movement, and they're looking for like their FI number or their financial independence number. That's what they're saying. They're saying, I can live off of my investments. (laughs) For the rest of my life, because I know I only spend this much money a month. I multiplied that by 12. 
that tells me how much money I need for a year. I then multiply that number. So that, that number that I need for the year, I multiply that number by 25. And that tells you what your financial independence number is. Now, some of you may be listening to this saying, Woo, that's a lot. I don't know that I have that much money you know, available to me, or I'm just getting started, I'll never be able to retire. That is not the truth. That just means that your accumulation phase may be longer, right? You can retire. You just have to figure out what your monthly spending is. Can you have you, do you have that amount invested? And if not, it could mean that you become work optional. It may be that you're not fully retired, but you're working a little bit longer to contribute and allow the money that you have in your retirement accounts to continue to grow. I spoke to a um, person and she was saying, oh my God, I just wish I would have started lower and younger. And I said, no, you start where you start You can't cry over spilt milk because then you're always blaming yourself and not looking forward to what you can do. So it could be one, you can work longer or two, you may just be living off your pension for a longer time. If you use my analogy of the retirement cake, you may be living off of your pension a little bit longer to allow the money in your 403B or your 457, which is the TDA in New York, or the deferred comp, to grow. So if you get a handle on your spending now, and you know how much, and then you know, hey, I go for a pension consultation, and I you know, should be earning this much money a year in my pension, then it's like, okay, I have to live within that so that the money that, I'm, that I have in my, four, my TDA and my deferred comp can continue to grow and that compound interest will help grow a bigger nest egg so that when I need that money, there's more there. So you may choose to have it in more aggressive um, investments at that time than you would have because you want it to grow and you're not, you know, and then you would say, oh, I think I'm going to, you know, I want to do something else or I I really want to stop working. And so I'm going to wait instead of doing it 10 years before you might choose to do it five years before you may choose to say, hey, I'm going to retire, but I'm going to keep this money aggressive because I don't need it right now. And I can actually live off my pension. And so I'll let it continue to grow. You just have to know your numbers to figure out what is the best option for you. Don't get trapped by the rules. The rules are guidelines, right? The phases are guidelines, frameworks to help you understand and plan what you do with your money as you're building your runway to retirement, your runway to work optional life, your runway to entrepreneurship. The true key to getting a handle on your finances has more with trying to look at those guidelines and inform yourself and then making the right choice for you with confidence and with guidance from people who have more experience or expertise in that area. So remember, the three phases of 
retirement or not retirement of financial planning are accumulation, transition, and distribution. This, these phases or frameworks can be used for any planning, but generally it applies to retirement planning or any long-term plan, which I would say is probably over 10 years. How are you accumulating the money? How do you transition to something more stable? And then how do you take distributions so that you do, that you achieve whatever you like to achieve? So the highest leverage step in implementing the planning phases in your life or your financial planning goals is to set the goal. (laughs) Understand what you are trying to achieve financially and then you can make a plan for how long your accumulation versus transition versus distribution phases will be and you can then set it almost on automatic, right? You can put it on autopilot because you know what you want to accumulate at certain phases. And if it's your retirement, there are definitely guidelines, but your situation may make it so that you can't follow those guidelines lockstep. So thank you for enjoying, for joining me for this episode. I look forward to speaking to you next week. Remember, stay in the black. Thank you for joining us this week at Staying in the Black. Subscribe to make sure you never miss a show and visit our website at stayingintheblk.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at stayingintheblk. If you like the show, please tell a friend and leave a review in iTunes so that we can continue to bring you amazing episodes. Thank you for listening. See you next week when...